Hello and welcome back to Efficiency Optimized, Unlocking the Full Potential of Multiple Impacts, the series that seeks to create a narrative about multiple impacts of energy efficiency and connect the dots between the theoretical applicability and the real-life applications of multiple benefits through tri-weekly discussions and debates with European energy efficiency experts. This podcast is hosted by the Mika Project, which aims to estimate the multiple impacts of energy efficiency via a free, open-source, easy-to-use online tool called the Mika Tool. I'm Frederick Berger from Fraunhofer ISI, and today I'm joined by Alessia De Vita from E3 Modeling. And today in this episode, we will discuss energy security and supply and uh, the relationship to energy efficiency. So if you're one of the people that are close to the subject of energy efficiency and it's linked to security, stick around to gain some more useful insights. Hi everyone, and today we will be discussing energy efficiency and the impacts or other multiple impacts it can have on energy security and supply. As a reminder, the MECAD project, which is the host of the series, focuses on calculating the multiple impacts of energy efficiency, as well as the relevance and political need for tools that quantify these benefits at the local, national, and EU level. The three main categories of impacts focused on within the project are economic, environmental, and social. So today we will be focusing on the first ones. Our guest today is Alisa De Vita from E3 Modeling, who's joining us. She's been working on economic impacts within the project and has also for quite a while worked on these topics before in other projects. Hi, great to have you here around. Uh, Alessia. Hi, thanks for having me today. Of course, happy to have you. So tell us a bit why you're here today uh, and what your expertise in the past has been on the topic. Yes, hello, I'm Alessia De Vita and we have at T3 Modeling, we do lots of energy system analysis and we are very happy here to uh, add to the analysis also the aside impacts, the, the multiple impacts. Uh, I have strong experience in energy efficiency and energy system analysis with a passion for understanding the energy transition and its wider effects. So generally speaking, before we get too much into the detail, let's get a, like a context. So how do you think should we define energy security, especially in the current context? Energy security has two definitions. One is the one, how do we get the energy to our homes? And the other one is, how can we, on a wider scale at the country level, understand, uh, get the imports correct for the energy security? Therefore, this relates obviously also to imports dependence. So before we should get too much into the topic, I think it would be important to kind of set the baseline by defining how we see those concepts in general um, that we are going to be talking about. Exactly. I think that would be a great idea. Do we want to start by defining uh, energy security? So within the MICAP project, we have been working on a couple of indicators in that regard. And I think they're pretty good to kind of set the cornerstones for this definition. So on the one hand, we do look at when we talk about energy security uh, at the topic of import dependency. So just basically looking what share of energy is coming from abroad, especially looking at different energy carriers for each one looking at how much comes from abroad. But that isn't everything because, of course, it depends a lot on where is it coming from. So is it a partner country that we really can trust in everyday life? Is it when it comes to gas, for instance, Norway or Netherlands who have been reliable in the past? 
Or are we talking about Russia, which has proven to be rather unreliable in the past, or also other countries where we can't really um, be in line with their political ideas? So there's this one component of just pure which share of energy are we importing, and this other component of supply diversity and also the reliability of our suppliers. And in the end, you can also combine those, but uh, it's also always a question of how much do you, do you want to weight each of these uh, aspects. And I would say domestic production isn't always a solution either, because a lot of times domestic production is rather expensive compared to producing it in other countries. So I think it's a very political idea on how you define which one of these things is the priority and what is defined as ultimately any security. But what is your perspective? You've been working on the topics way longer. Yes, I also believe it's it's a question also of endowment, obviously, of the different countries. Different countries have different availability of both fossil energies as well as renewables. Here, obviously, we are focusing mainly on fossil energy because this has obviously been the, the element which in, in the last years has been the most crucial element here. And if we look at the EU, I think we can differentiate between different import types. So if we're talking about oil or gas and coal, each of these are linked also to different kinds of markets, as well as uh, to different infrastructure, which is required uh, to import them. So while oil and gas come both by pipeline and uh, by uh, ship through LNG market, coal is either domestically produced in the EU or is uh, imported by ship. For gas, as we very well know, whoever has been following the political debate or the geopolitical events of, of recent times, we can see that a large share of the gas imports to Europe have been by pipeline and a very large share have been uh, from Russia. I think this allows us to understand the relative importance because obviously pipelines are fixed elements which do not allow you to shift between producer countries, whereas obviously ships and uh, tankers uh, allow you to have a more wider distribution or possible competition between different uh, countries, which means that these um, energy carriers are obviously linked to global markets. I think that's a very important aspect because what you often see is that oil supply diversity is, is way better than the gas supply diversity because having a pipeline just kind of links you to a single country and it's not going to lead to a variety of, uh, of exporting countries. Uh, but on the other hand, a lot of countries in the EU had a good experience with those pipelines because it just provides cheap gas. So when we now see the LNG flowing into our systems, it's just very expensive. If the US are thinking about providing LNG, basically they'll, they'll see if they're able to sell it to the same price as they they would sell it in the US, plus the costs of shipping and uh, transforming the gas to LNG. So I think it also has brought new price ranges into our markets, having more LNG in our systems by now. And since a lot of market actors try to get as close to the highest sold energy units, it also lifts the costs of pipeline gas, having more LNG gas in our system. So I think it kind of always revolves back to this market idea of whenever there's a possibility to make more money for an exported country, they're going to look for it. And it is a political decision to decide whether you want to go for this cheap uh, pipeline gas, which will be linked to a, to a worse energy security. But can you tell us more about how LNG has now entered the market and how this has played a role in the last couple of years? 
Yes, I mean, LNG has been penetrating the markets in several years. In several markets of the EU, we have had significant LNG imports, for example, like in countries like Spain, uh, which have relied more and more on LNG imports being further away geographically from countries where pipeline imports are easier. LNG obviously allows us to differentiate, as we have said and is, however, a more expensive fuel. It can, though, be fed into the normal natural gas grid then once it is within Europe. So there are obviously the advantages and disadvantages of uh, depending on a more expensive source to a certain extent, uh, but on the other side, a more um, varied source or uh, where the origin can, can be more varied. I think this then leads us to the crucial question of how we can improve energy security of a country or region in order to, to understand what this means and how then obviously this leads us back to our main topic, which is energy efficiency. And I don't know how you see it, Frederick, but I think we can differentiate here between short and medium to long term measures. And then there are elements which are related more to the infrastructure. There are obviously elements which are related to different countries of origin or the countries of import, which have obviously different bases on which this can be done. And then obviously the big elements of energy efficiency. So what can be done domestically everywhere and ultimately lead to savings of energy and therefore reduce the size of the problem of imports. Yeah, I think you, you're addressing a really important point about um, how do we actually reduce this import dependency or increase our energy security in general. And I think what is important to say there is that the markets will always operate the same. They will always look for the cheapest way to produce gas. Nevertheless, it's not as if it was impossible to steer that because, as you said it before, we have those pipelines that have been built and those are all often governmentally supported programs. And as such, it's possible to set the framework in which the market operates. So looking at the last programs that have been discussed in politics, how do you think are, they are able to address this issue of import dependency and increase our energy security, especially in the in the aftermath of the Ukraine invasion? Yes, I believe that the that indeed the European system has had a shock uh, with the invasion of the Ukraine last year. The shock was mitigated to a certain extent uh, by the mild winter, which was there uh, this year in Europe. And indeed, it has been seen and can be realized that there has been significant energy efficiency already in Europe. This was led, I believe, by both governmental programs, as well as obviously price incentives. The higher the prices of gas, the lower the consumption also of industrial consumers, which are obviously more related to shorter term prices or have longer term contracts, but had seen the higher prices and therefore were concerned uh, about the problematic high gas and significantly reduced their consumption. Indeed, a very interesting element that we found in the MECAT project, where we also did some surveys, was that we were seeing a difference also in the importance of energy security between a first MECAT survey, which was done before the invasion of Ukraine, where in many countries, the energy security element did not feature very prominently compared to the same survey done after the invasion of Ukraine, which suddenly showed that in all countries, energy security suddenly became an important topic. Yeah, especially looking at different countries is quite interesting because 
we saw on the EU level, well, there was some kind of interest in it, but it was more like a scientific interest, I would say. And in our second workshop afterwards, it was all energy uh, dependency, import dependency. It was it basically it was 90% of the whole workshop talking about how do we address this in the tool. And I think the most cynical part or ironic part was Germany not really caring about energy dependency at all before. It was, it was a fringe topic, uh, to say the least, because we had Russian gas and the tables have quite turned in the meantime. And then afterwards, we saw the difference. I think the only country that, or the two countries that had it in mind were, were Italy and Poland, especially Poland and also Italy, which have a high import dependency, although they have a good supply diversity in the first place. But uh, I think Poland was really the, the only one before who, who saw it coming and who, who had already saw it as an important topic uh, to discuss. I think this has really shown a lot of countries in the EU how vulnerable they are when push comes to shove and there's a crisis. And I think it's really important that now they address this issue. And I feel like uh, this momentum of doing measures, especially when it comes to energy efficiency, which was there in the first place, has kind of decreased across Europe. Uh, you're in Berlin, Alessia. Maybe you, you have something to say about uh, German uh, politics and also in other countries where we see those topics. Um, I would more generalize and say what has happened a bit at the EU level, because I think what we saw is a coming together of the countries. So whereas we had this differentiation before that we were even seeing in the MECAT survey that some countries thought it was important while other countries were thinking it was not so important, with the, let's say, initiative of the Commission, but obviously then all the, the countries following uh, with the Repower EU strategy, we were seeing that there was a common interest in putting energy efficiency together with obviously the requirement to resolve uh, the natural gas dependency from Russia in Europe. I think this leads to the element of the fact that when you do energy efficiency, we obviously can link this to reducing energy consumption in general, and then also have specific policies as was addressed then through the repower strategy to actually link energy efficiency and reduction of gas consumption which in an initial phase do not necessarily go together, although they obviously can. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's an important aspect, especially when we take into account that energy savings do not need to improve import dependency or energy security in general. As we said, the market operates uh, in a very logical way of looking for the cheapest options. And this can often lead to the effect of increasing import dependency, for instance, by outpricing uh, the local domestic production because for instance in european countries gas production is way more expensive than it is in russia for instance or other countries of large resources so when the market prices drop it can often be just not economically viable to exploit those resources and in the same sense it might push out other small uh, suppliers that just have too high of prices for the market so in the end, it's also about being politically setting the, the, the rails on the side to, to make sure that energy savings really lead to an improved energy security. And I think in the Mika tool, that's an important point because we can, of course, show figures how import dependency would reduce if the, the countries took the right decisions. But I think in the end, it's important to just show that it's, it's a potential to reduce uh, import dependency or to increase supply diversity. So indeed, 
this is the reason why we added to the MECAD tool this important element of saying of energy security. So maybe as you were one of the main people actually quantifying this, you could explain briefly how in the MECAD tool we have included this energy security indicator. Basically, we've been working with two main indicators. So one is the import dependency. So what we do there is we just calculate the share of a certain energy carrier used for energy purposes, which share of it in a given year comes from abroad. So that gives you the import dependency. And what we see there is that most countries have a rather high import dependency. I mean, at the top, for instance, for gas, Germany with around 96%, uh, Italy is rather high as well. And we just have very few countries that really produce energy when we talk Netherlands and uh, some Northern countries. But generally, we see high import dependencies in, for gas, for coal, and for oil in all countries. And the second aspect we're looking at is the supply diversity. So what we do there is using the Herfindel-Hirschman index, which sounds more complicated than it is. Basically, it's uh, taking the shares of every, of every supplier, squaring them. And by this, you get a value between zero and one. And the higher the value is, the fewer major supplier do you have, or the, the more concentration you have in your supplier variety. And there we also add a coefficient to assess or to give a value to the reliability of the business partner of the trading country, because in the end it makes a dis it makes all the difference whether you import your energy from the Netherlands or Russia. So um, that's also something we take into this. And now what we kind of trying to do is connecting both since they're both rather compatible and the supplier diversity can be seen as a weighting factor for the import dependency. So kind of saying how grave is the import dependency. So if you have 90% imports from the Netherlands, it's not as bad as having 70% from Russia, for instance. So kind of giving a weight to this first values because looking at them separately doesn't really give you the insights compared to having them both combined. So that's what we've been doing till now in this topic, kind of looking at how those two interlink, but uh, we're working on how to weight those two indicators on each other. Thank you for this uh, great explanation of how it's been included uh, also into the MECAT tool. I think it, it is really very important because I think in particular at the national and obviously EU level, although also at a local level. There are links, obviously, to understand uh, how much you want to be independent of imported sources of energy. And this is highlighted also by the element that in the EU there has been um, a change and remaking also uh, of the recovery funds, um, which were originally linked more also to the pandemic and then had to be reintegrated and also to assess also the elements related to the reduction of gas in particular import dependence. So I think these are all uh, extremely important elements that we need to have such a even simple quantification initially to understand uh, what specific measures have an impact also on the import dependence. As such, we actually, even when looking at the import dependence, we looked at different ways to quantify it because uh, the simple way would just be to remove a certain part of your overall consumption and remove a part from the imports and calculate this as the new import dependence. But what we also looked at, because we had some issues with countries that have 100% import dependence, where it would mean if you did energy efficiency measures, you wouldn't see an impact on import dependence. 
but it makes all the difference whether you need high amounts of oil because you don't insulate your buildings or you have insulated your buildings and you need way less. So we have looked at a way to quantify it more in line with the energy efficiency first principle, which sees energy savings as a fuel in itself. Frederick, this is all very interesting, but might be a bit abstract for some of our listeners. So the point is, do you have a concrete example of what anyone could do to reduce in their own backyard, so to say, the energy security of their country or community or of Europe in general? So I think as I have shown throughout the crisis, we have like those short-term measures of just heating your home less. I mean, I think it's it's some kind of irony that we see a lot of people heating their homes warmer than they would cool uh, down their home in the summer so that uh, the AC is doing a harder work of cooling down than you would actually like the temperature in the winter. What we also see is that those shortened time measures have an effect, but in the long term, it's all about renovating, doing those building insulation. However, when you do those, you will only save the fuels that building already uses in the first place. In the long term, another way is, of course, also electrification, because we can't create gas under a country where there, there isn't any, but we can create electricity pretty much everywhere. So those ideas of electrifying transport, electrifying heating in residential spaces, or also district heating are the way to go, because that's what we can do locally in an easy way across Europe. So in the long term, we won't get around it, despite uh, having to create enormous capacities in terms of renewables when we electrify. But uh, oil and gas won't work forever. So I think that's the way to go for now. So I think we can, to a certain extent, conclude that um, also through, obviously, the indicators that we are doing in the MECAT tool, we are able, on the one side, to see how much the absolute problem is reducing, as in how much we are actually reducing the energy consumption, as well as through these specific indicators on the uh, energy security, we can also show um, what improvements energy efficiency measures can lead in terms of energy security and import dependence uh, in order to give additional arguments why energy efficiency has uh, so many further benefits than the pure reduction of uh, energy consumption. Well, you said it all. Thank you for, for the insights. So thanks for tuning in and helping us build a community of listeners that are as passionate about energy efficiency as we are. To engage with us and share your opinion after each episode, follow the Mikat project and continue discussions on Mikat EU on Twitter or Mikat Multiple Impact Calculation Tool on LinkedIn. In our next episode, we'll continue to discuss the topic of multiple benefits in terms of microeconomics, macroeconomics, and competitiveness. Follow Mikat to be informed when a new podcast will be out. And until next time, when we discuss how multiple benefits for energy efficiency affect you. Mm-hmm.